Welcome to Crosspoint. 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 An interactive program featuring ministers and leaders of the Christian community addressing the issues that are challenging the church today. Here's your host, Mark Taylor. Who are the kings of the East and what do they want to accomplish? Is China out to eliminate America and, in fact, the Western world as we know it? Thanks for tuning in today to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. Today, we're going to be discussing the kings of the East, and my guest to do this is Lieutenant Colonel Robert L. McGinnis. Well, welcome to Crosspoint today, and it's been a while since I've talked to Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, but we're glad that you joined us here, and you've written a a book here called Kings of the East. There's a biblical deal to that because we hear about the kings of the East, and uh, you're talking about China here, basically, and how they want to eliminate people like America, a kind of a communist uh, world order that they're setting out there. And um, you talk about, and I think I agree completely with you here at the first of the book, about that Beijing can't achieve uh, with the fusion of all of its elements of national power and its collaboration with other nations. So it'll buy or steal from the West uh, through espionage and thanks to global enterprise of agents and cyber warriors. Um, They're kind of a ruthless bunch, aren't they? Well, they really are, Mark. They use what's often referred to as unrestricted warfare, and that's something that dates back to the time of the, really prior to the Cultural Revolution with Mao Zedong, who, you know, said, look, you know, we use every element of national power to go after our adversaries. And Mao named the United States as an adversary long ago. And, of course, uh, all you have to do is come up to what happened last week with the National People's Congress and the statements by uh, the current president, Xi Jinping, who said basically that uh, the West, and he named the United States, is trying to contain them. Uh, And he used rhetoric that we were very uh, cognizant of, recall from what happened with the Soviets during the uh, old Cold War. And not that many years ago, five, six years ago, I wrote a book, Alliance of Evil, and I said, we really are in the new Cold War, folks. And it's with Two nations. It's with Russia and, of course, with the emergent China. And this new book, uh, Kings of the East, it really details uh, those five centers of national power that the Chinese communists are using and have used for some time against us. And they're being incredibly successful, albeit um, some people in the United States have no clue as to what's really going on. Yeah, and this book is very timely, too. Uh, considering what's happening here now and then the next few days of Chinese communist leader, you know, possibly going to Russia to advance some kind of a new world order agenda and stuff. That's that's a very interesting because of what it talks about stuff like this in the book. Well, it does. And, you know, President Xi's been around as the president and the chairman of the Chinese Communist Party, as well as the leader of the People's Liberation Army, all their armed forces. Uh, since the fall of 2013, and he is a hardcore Leninist Marxist. Now, he was recruited primarily, as I outline in detail in the book, uh, because he is an ideologue. He has every intention of getting you know China China back on course as to where it started under Mao Zedong, uh, and of course under Mao uh, during the Cultural Revolution 1966 to 76. They basically purified, uh, uh, removed all the anti-communist, 
you know, and of course promoted anti-capitalism, anti-liberalism, and so forth, to advance their Marxist views. Now, I see really what she is doing is much the same. So he has sparked a cultural revolution within his own country. Now, what we see happening with regard to the meeting in Moscow with Vladimir Putin is really a confirmation of what uh, they cemented a year ago, in February, just prior to the Olympics in Beijing, when uh, Vladimir Putin showed up on the doorstep of uh, Beijing and sat down with President Xi, and they you know, kind of formed a 5,000-word document that called for this significant alliance, this significant uh, no-limits strategic relationship, which uh, has really begun to blossom over the last year. And, of course, that is why I call it a new Cold War. And what we're going to see is just consummation of that. You'll see they'll talk about trade and, of course, thanks to Western sanctions against uh, Moscow because of the Ukraine invasion, we are seeing that the Chinese are lapping up uh, cheap energy from the Russians and a lot of food. Of course, they don't have enough land to grow their own food. That's why they depend upon others. And then, of course, you see that the Russians have been stumbling badly in their war against Ukraine, in spite of the fact that we really are in a proxy war, which is another indication of Cold War. That proxy war, of course, is being fought between the West and Russia, and now China is coming to uh, reinforce, arguably, uh, what Putin has begun a year ago. Uh, the West, of course, provides all the munitions and all the armament and just, you know, what, today, yesterday, we heard that the Poles and the Slovakians are going to send, uh, you know, 29s, which are jet fighters made by the Soviets, uh, to Kiev so that the Ukrainians have more weapons to use against the anticipated uh, spring offensive that Russia has been building up for. So there are so many things that are happening today, uh, but Quite frankly, five years ago, I wrote an Alliance of Evil. This is exactly what's going to happen. And Kings of the East, the things that I talk about in there are going to happen, and they're beginning to happen even now, which is quite intimidating for the West. Now, you talked in here and mentioned that, you know, China at one time, well, in 2010, was the world's second largest economy. You say a few years later, you believe that Beijing has reportedly surpassed the U.S. in this economic metric. Um China is out to be number one in everything, aren't they? I mean, we're seeing, uh, well, we're seeing them threaten Taiwan, uh, you know, the Hong Kong situation. Uh, just one thing after another, they won't lay off, will they? Not at all. You know, President Xi's made it very clear he seeks world dominance by the uh, middle part of this century. And so another, what, uh, you know, 27 years uh, Arguably, he'll be there before that if he continues the current course. Now, that doesn't mean they don't have problems. They do. Uh, you know, economic problems. He has demographic problems. He has you know, some security issues that he's dealing with. But you know, he's really tightening up. Uh, I mean, he's got the hammer down. Uh, he's cleaned out uh, any dissidents within the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, he's obviously you know, humbled uh, Hong Kong and you know, just basically tossed out the agreement that the Brits had with the, the Chinese, and they now dominate totally what's going on in Hong Kong. And, of course, they would like to 
uh, as President Xi repeatedly wants to remind people that uh, Taiwan, the former Formosa, is really a breakaway province of the People's Republic of China. Now, that dates back to the end of the civil war between the Kuomintang and the Chinese communists in 1949 when Chiang Kai-shek took his entire army and fled to uh, the shores of Formosa, where they you know, created a, a democratic republic that we interestingly signed an agreement with many years ago, uh, a bilateral treaty that we abandoned uh, to replace it with the Taiwan Relations Act, which we currently have, which says, you know, we're not going to recognize Taiwan anymore, but we will provide them the defensive mechanisms to defend themselves against Chinese uh, tyranny. Now, uh, every indication is that the Chinese communists are uh, really ratcheting up and preparing for an invasion of one type or another uh, of Taiwan. And if you like, we can go into some detail on that. But I do believe that that's inevitable. Is it going to happen this year? Uh, probably not. Is it going to happen in the next three? I would say that's a high probability. Now, you say on page 31 of the book, and you're talking about former Speaker of the House Representatives Newt Gingrich in 2019 admitted in a new Newsweek article that it has become more and more obvious that our strategies for dealing with China don't work. He went on to state that our strategies are failing because they are based not on reality but on myths. The speaker explained that our misleading is based on our own arrogance and wishful thinking on the part of deliberate Chinese strategy of deception. So they just lure us and we just kind of go along with it. Uh, They'll make a promise, but they have no intentions of keeping it. (laughs) No, that's right. And that's much what Marxists always do. You know, whether they're Marxists that drove the 1917 revolution, you know, that toppled uh, Tsar the, uh, Nicholas III, or in, 19, in, in 1917, or, you know, what we've seen even in this our country. You know, the Marxists here, you know, they're lie, cheat, and still they'll do whatever in order to persuade the culture to go in their direction. Arguably, you know, I, last year I wrote a, a book that talks about to give me uh, liberty, not Marxism. And that's really about the cultural revolution going on in America. And it's spurred to a large degree by you know, true Marxists, people that uh, want a socialism, uh, want to dictate what we do, how we do it, and they're using the mechanisms of culture to, to persuade us to go in that direction. Uh, but back to China, you know, the myth that we bought into, and you can blame, you can go back to uh, Richard Nixon, 1972, when he went to Peking, then, uh, which is now Beijing, uh, secretly at the advice of Henry, Henry Kissinger, and he said, look, uh, we need to bring China into the fold. And the great promise that he promoted was that we bring capitalism in there, then democracy is going to spread, and that communist regime is going to crumble and it's going to be replaced by something uh, not that different than what we have in Japan today or in Western Europe. Uh, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, and then he, along comes uh, Bill Clinton, and he ushers them into the World Trade Organization. But, you know, frankly, Clinton did that because that was kind of the, uh, the juice that got him into the presidency because he worked with people from the Bilderbergers and so forth that uh, financed his campaign uh, that really got a start in the summer 
uh, you know, what was it, the summer of uh, 92, before uh, he really rose to prominence. And, you know, I write about that in, in another book, The Deeper State, years ago, so that people need to understand that there are power brokers out there. And so those power brokers put Clinton in there. They said, you need to promote WTO for China. China uh, got into the WTO thanks to Clinton, which I talk about in Kings of the East. And then, of course, they just spark and they explode in uh, so-called capitalism and enrich many of their own people, making them billionaires and the like. And then, of course, uh, then that led to corruption, and then uh, by the uh, really the late 2010s, uh, the Chinese communists see that they could be overthrown by uh, the likes of uh, these capitalists, and so they ratcheted down and they started an anti-corruption movement, and then they brought in President Xi, who's a true Marxist, and he started to you know, get rid of all the corruption people that weren't following the communist Marxist ways. And so, you know, it's been a full cycle uh, from uh, the late 40s, early 50s, when Mao Zedong was beginning to purify uh, the communist uh, regime and, of course, the, the, the People's Republic of China. I've always thought that the Chinese people seem to be kind of a cold people, don't have much of a conscience, uh, you know, except for your Christian uh, aspect of that. You know, I mean, but of course, that's under the radar there because of the way uh, Christianity is persecuted in in China all the time. Uh, yet there's many Christians under the radar there. But for generally, most generally, you're speaking, you're finding that they don't they have a kind of a one track mind and and don't show a lot of uh, you know conscience on things there is a large christian minority there uh, and there's also Falun Gong and there's hindus uh, you know a lot of muslims and you know other varieties uh, buddhists etc uh, but what has happened you know in the last oh arguably the last year is that um, in december of what was it, 2021, that uh, President Xi hosted a, a religion conference in Beijing. He said, look, we'll support your religion, uh, but you have to follow the rules. In other words, you have to promote the state as well as your religion. And, of course, they have their own version of God's Word, the Bible, uh, which they modify to their liking. And those that don't comply... Yeah, you really get in trouble. You know, for instance, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen reports that people that are trying to use social media to advance uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ find themselves in, in terrible straits. They had some people arrested just because of their social media uh, posts and the like. And then, of course, you know, you've had churches that have been destroyed, uh, house churches that have been, you know, basically in, raided and people put in jail, pastors put in jail, and the, the same thing with the uh, Uyghurs in the West, uh, their mosques have been destroyed. Uh, what you need to appreciate is that in Marxism, religion doesn't have a voice. State is the god of the Marxists, and anything that contests or competes against that uh, will be destroyed if they're able. And so... Given that, you can begin to understand that the promotion of the state is what President Xi does, 
and all of those psychophants that he's placed in the government. He doesn't have any op- political opposition anymore, much like Mao didn't have. And any political opposition that Mao had, he just killed. Uh, and the same thing is happening with Chi. If you were watching the 20th Congress last October, you would have seen uh, right in the middle that the former premier uh, was roughed up and escorted out of the 20th Congress uh, because he fell out of favor of President Xi. Uh, he had he provided opposition. Now I talk about you know some of the internal opposition in Kings of the East, uh, but you have to understand behind the scenes, behind the veil here, President Xi is being manipulated. Uh, but it's only by hardcore uh, Marxists who really want to dominate uh, not only China uh, but have aspirations for the entire world. And we are talking about Kings of the East. Uh book out by Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis. Stay with us, folks. We're going to come back and talk with more right after this. This is Mark Taylor. If you miss a broadcast of Crosspoint, you can always go to our website at www.kneo.org and click on the programs page. There you can access the current Crosspoint program as well as the last four programs that have been aired. Never miss another Crosspoint program again. Go to www.kneo.org today. Welcome back to Crosspoint. I'm Mark Taylor. My guest today, Lieutenant Colonel Robert L. McGinnis. Robert, you've written lots of books. Uh, this newest one, of course, is just as one to eye-opening as, as many of the books that we've interviewed you on in the past. So if somebody would want to know more about Kings of the East or any other books that you've written, what you've done, how would they go about doing that? Well, you know, you can always look it up on the Internet. I'm all over the Internet, either my books or my articles or my TV and other activities. Uh, I I think, of course, Defender Publishing is is there in Missouri, and uh, they're good people and have promoted the books over the years. But every major bookstore carries these books. This one is uh, pretty relevant because of all the threats that we're getting from uh, communist China, which will continue until something that's done, and I'm not sure it's going to be done near term. But the others that I've written over the years are, you know, I've mentioned The Deeper State, which describes what's happened in Washington. And of course, that dates back. I even got a, you know, a personal letter from uh, President Trump at the time, you know, thanking me for that book, because he believed that I hit it on the nail. I really exposed the administrative and the deep state, you know, for what they are, which uh, is pretty, pretty sobering, what's going on, uh, especially with the deep state and the Biden administration today. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say on your book here. Uh, talk about relevant. I mean, how many times a day do we hear about the Biden administration and China and the ties there? Uh, what's what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and now China coming into that as well? You feel like that this is going, uh, as the communist leader is going to be traveling to Russia, this is going to advance a new world order agenda, is not? Oh, absolutely. There's no question that uh, President Xi wants this. He's, his public statements, as recently as a week ago, have, have reflected just that, that he uh, really totally rejects. Uh, what you know, the West has done post World War II in establishing a, a liberal uh, Western-style international order with all the organizations that we set up. Just a statement he made a week ago, and this is what President Xi said, and I'll quote: He said, "Western countries, led by the United States, 
uh, have implemented all-round containment, encirclement, and suppression of China, uh, which uh, has brought unprecedented grave challenges to our nation's development, end quote. Now, he said that to the uh, National People's Congress, which is uh, really the parliament of uh, the communist regime. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that he consistently states. He calls us out. He says, our problems are the fault of the United States and the Western world. What we need is a new world order that's more sympathetic to authoritarian ways. Now, uh, I, I also study Vladimir Putin and the things he's been saying. Uh, the re- reason, in part, for the Ukraine war is because Vladimir Putin wanted to resurrect the old Soviet Union, and even better, uh, the Russian Empire that dates back to the 18th and 19th century. Uh, And he said that in his recent statement to his own parliament, uh, as well as to the people in Russia. So uh, we know the justification he makes, you know, certainly publicly about that. You know, his his actions uh, really dictate that he, he really believes this. And so when you have Xi and Putin, you know, together there at the Kremlin, uh, they will be talking about a host of issues, not only trade issues, which benefit, of course, the Chinese at this point and the Russians. They'll talk about Ukraine, and I do expect that uh, President Xi will promise uh, to provide uh, ammunition that the Russians desperately need in their war in Ukraine. I believe they'll provide more uh, weaponry that is not that different than what the Russians make because they took the same blueprints uh, for much of their equipment. Uh, I believe that they'll recertify their uh, unlimited friendship, uh, which basically is the alliance that I talk about uh, in my 2018 book, Alliance of Evil. Uh, I think that they'll then talk about uh, what the Chinese spokesman said, and that is they're going to announce a new paradigm for international relations. Now, what that is is a, a new world order. They want it to be more you know, accepting of their authoritarian way of viewing the world and their anti-religious way of viewing the world. Uh, they want more power to come from you know, the likes of Beijing and Moscow and less out of Washington and Brussels. So we need to recognize that uh, they think differently, they have different history, uh, but they're incredibly ambitious, and they would you know, destroy the United States given the opportunity. And unfortunately, we have uh, what I call elite capture in this country, a lot of people that have been compromised by the likes of the Chinese by design, uh, using their unrestricted warfare approach to things. And so, you know, if you believe some of the press that... Uh, you know, the Hunter Bidens of the world have been bought off by the Chinese communists, um, then you can begin to understand that the campaign that started back in 1949 by Mao Zedong that continues today under President Xi uh, to undermine the United States and to recreate a new world order, uh, that's becoming, unfortunately, a real threat, a real uh, outcome that uh, I would not dismiss. Now, you also believe that he'll reach out to Zelensky, the the head of uh, Ukraine as well, and try to maybe make a peace brokerage here or something, uh, do something to oh, kind of make everybody uh, else look like they're weak and he's got everything under control? Well, yes. Keep in mind, just a week ago, uh, under President Xi, 
his regime facilitated, you know, some sort of uh, kumbaya between the, the Islamists in Tehran, Iran, and those in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. You know, they have been at, they've been at odds for decades and decades. But some now they're talking about opening embassies in one another's capitals. Um, that's quite a coup. Now, keep in mind, a year ago, the Chinese signed a long-term strategic agreement with the Iranian mullahs, and so they uh, have them in their back pocket, and now it appears as if because the Biden administration is mostly left-footed and you know, doesn't know how to do international relations, uh, that we're losing you know, our key ally, which is the Saudis, uh, in that part of the world, which, of course, could have a major impact on us economically because much of the oil that is bought up by the rest of the world and the fact that we've cut our, our own production down uh, could have a major impact on the world economy. And the, the Chinese are not, you know, not bashful about doing that sort of stuff. Now, going up to Ukraine, uh, having accomplished this a week ago, uh, it would appear as if what Xi is trying to do is get Putin to somewhat uh, mitigate and back down on his major ambitions about uh, Ukraine uh, that date back some time. And he's going to reach out probably to Zelensky, uh, who is a corrupt official himself anyway, um, who has been very good at manipulating the West, you know, saying, oh, the Russians are going to attack you if you don't stop them in Ukraine, which is probably not true. Uh, but that's, that's what... Uh, manipulators like Zelensky and the corruption that's endemic in, in Ukraine is all about. And oh, by the way, I, I have actually been in Ukraine. I've been in Russia. Uh, I've been in China. Uh, so I, I'm not speaking off uh, without having some insight into the things I'm talking about. Yeah, and you can talk about that in Section 3 of the book. You say it should be clear by now, as people read through the book, that the communist uh, China is dead set on settling the current U.S.-run international order and replacing it with one in Beijing's favor, and thus they are pulling all the stops out to remake the world into their image. This, they're after this. This is something I guess you could say they're doing with a vengeance. They're going to get it done if they can. Well, they are. Yeah. All you have to do, Mark, is look at what they've done economically, besides the military, which is you know, the largest military in the world, and they're adding more money all the time and more technology. But economically, not only do they steal us blind, our intellectual property, you know, just look at all their, you know, sophisticated weaponry. You know, it's almost a carbon copy of what we produce in the United States. They don't have to, you know, develop in innovative new weaponry. They just copy ours and They've been very effective at copying that. They also monopolize what I call the critical commodities, like the rare earth metals. So if you have an iPhone, it has rare earth metals in it. If you have a sophisticated uh, Hellfire missile that we shoot off a drone at wherever in the world, it has rare earth metals. Uh, our space technologies all depend upon rare earth metals. And the Chinese have monopolized that. Ninety-plus percent of all rare earth metals are processed in communist China, and a lot are mined by the Chinese communists. Even those that are mined in the United States are shipped over there for processing. So if you want to control the world, 
uh, you control rare earth metals. If you want to control the world, you also control microchips. Now, you know, think about what modern convenience we have today that doesn't have a microchip. Most cars have microchips. Uh, everything in you know, all modern appliances have microchips. Where are the microchips made in the world today? Ninety-plus percent are made in Taiwan. And why might communist China want to take over Taiwan? Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, they want to dominate the world uh, modernization effort by dominating all microchip production. Now, Joe Biden wants to produce more microchips in this country and has thrown billions of dollars in the direction. That's going to take decades to come around. We're, we're just, you know really behind the eight ball uh, on that particular issue. So economically, they, they steal everything, they foreign leverage, they use Belt and Road Initiative, which touches 140 nations around the world. They leverage political um, patronage from nations that can't afford what the Chinese have invested. I mean, they want the dollar to be on the outs, and they want the renminbi, their currency, to be the world rec- a reserve currency, you, you name it. And, of course, I talk about all of these and much, much more in Kings of These. Well, and speaking of Kings of These, tell tell people, you know, if they're looking, you know, to, to get a copy of this book, and it's got quite a bit of information in it, and a lot of other books that you've written as well, how do they need to go about doing that? Well, it's all available on Amazon or you can, you know, Target. Uh, I think Walmart carries it. Others carry, yeah, the books, Barnes & Nobles and etc. So they're, they're readily available. You know, one of the things, Mark, people that, you know, in the United States, how many of us can say that we ever studied Chinese history? Yeah, really. I don't think, you know, we study European history because a lot of American immigrants came from, from Europe, but we don't study Chinese history. And that's where I began, because it's important for people to understand that the Chinese don't think like us. And as a result, you need to kind of understand where they've come from in order to kind of put into perspective where we are going today with a mega uh, rich, a, a very powerful nation called Communist China, where it wants to take the world. And I think uh, by understanding the history, it, it's certainly helpful. Uh, to understand where we are today. Yeah, and that is the way that you start out the book, kind of giving us a, a, a history of, of what you're going to be talking about in the book, so that does help with the book. So, folks, stay with us, and we're going to be back to talk more about the book, Kings of the East, right after this. Sometimes we can get stressed about you life. You might be having a bad day or something, but then it just reminds you, like, God's good. God's watching out for me. No matter what situation you're in, you can turn on the radio and just be reminded of it anytime. Helping keep your eyes focused on Him. This is 91.7 The Word. You're listening to Crosspoint. I'm your host, Mark Taylor. My guest today, Lieutenant Colonel Robert L. McGinnis. We're talking about Kings of the East, his latest book, talking about a communist world order. We always hear about the new world order. We hear about the Great Reset and things like this. Uh, and by the way, is uh, China part of this Great Reset that's that's going on that we're hearing a lot about? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> The, um, of course, it goes to Davos, it goes to the World Economic Forum, yeah. it goes to Klaus Schmidt, and uh, his son is married to a Chinese lady and lives in Beijing, and he is an advisor to President Xi. So is there a connection? Yes. There's a clear, strong connection. And President Xi ha- has spoken at uh, the last number of Davos 
meetings of the, the rich and famous in Switzerland, and he, of course, blames the West for all the world's problems, and, and people are beginning to, to bite into some of the propaganda that he spews out. Yeah. Now, another thing that, again, it's just Robert China is in the news a lot that people hear about. Uh, for instance, the balloon situation that we just had here just a few weeks ago. And then this deal of buying up land, especially around military bases. Uh, there's a lot more sinister plan here than most people realize. Oh, of course. Yeah, the land purchases, keep in mind, China has about one-third of the agricultural land that we do in the United States. That's why they have to import so much of their food. They can't feed themselves. And so they want to buy up land all over the United States, given the opportunity, in order to produce more food. And yes, they, they also buy land close to sensitive military facilities so they can monitor uh, what we're doing, because the spies are just about everywhere. And here in Washington, it's not a laughing matter, because there are a lot of Chinese spies, either those that are actually Chinese descent or those that have been hired or have been compromised to assist the communist Chinese. And you mentioned, uh, Mark, the, the balloon. Of course, that's a program they've had for numbers of years, and it got the attention last month uh, only because somebody... He looked up in the sky and said, hey, it's not a moon. It looks like something different. And all of a sudden we came to be uh, identified that it was a balloon that was carrying a big payload that had all sorts of sensors uh, collecting uh, signals, collecting pictures and the like. Uh, and, of course, it had you know, all the um, solar panels to, to power it. And it, it floated over all of Alaska, and then part of British Columbia came into uh, Montana and was, you know, kind of maneuvered around through sensitive areas where we have missile bases and Air Force bases and, you know, other, you know, sensitive places. And, you know, unfortunately, the, the Biden administration decided to wait until it had collected all the data it needed before it shot it down over the East Coast. Now, we could have shot it down, I will tell you, because I've been, I spent several years as an operations officer in Alaska, and I know the, uh, the technology and the sensors that we have from the, the very tip of the Aleutians at Shimia Air Force Base all the way through uh, most of Alaska. We knew what was in the air, um, it, but it was decided not to do anything about it to allow it to, you know, to pass over. So, yes, the Chinese spy left and right, uh, either uh, through satellites, balloons, humans, cyber, uh, or they just outright buy it and buy people, uh, what we call elite capture, which is, of course, part of what arguably is the whole fiasco with Hunter Biden. Yeah. And you mentioned technology in the book, Chapter 8. You say emergent technologies might also make us dumber. After all, our over-reliance on technology has the potential to reduce our intelligence. Consider how many of us drive our automobiles while blindly following a global you know, GPS system and then voice uh, instructions to guide us through unfamiliar destinations rather than studying a map. And then it says our nearly uh, total reliance on smart devices 
does our thinking and makes our brain more lazy and uh, arguably dumber. And I guess you could just say we're just uh, many of people in, in America are just buying into this stuff and don't even realize what they're doing and setting themselves up for. You know, how many of us have used an actual map uh, to get from point A to point B? Now we just, you know, turn to MapQuest or something on our cell phone, and it, it talks us, you know, take a left, take a right, uh, 300 yards or whatever. Um, you know, the Chinese have invested heavily in artificial intelligence. They've invested heavily in hypersonic uh, weapons, which means, you know, they're well ahead of us, and the United States military acknowledges that. Um, quantum uh, computing, um, robotics, uh, they have invested in the future in ways that we haven't. Uh, now, the U.S. has a lot of smart people. Uh, it's just a matter that the Chinese are across the board. They have fused their military, their universities, their capital, industrial, industrial uh, capabilities together to focus on the production of capabilities and systems that advance the Chinese communist interest. Uh, we don't do that. Uh, we try through organizations like DARPA that the Pentagon uses to do all sorts of um, secretive research on future systems. But the Chinese, you know, pull everybody in and said, you're all going to work on the same direction and the same systems, and we're going to produce things faster than the West. And they can do that in their system. We just can't do it in ours. Now. I'm kind of going to the back of the book here. I want to get on chapter 10 because that starts off China's prophetic end times role and how we should then live. So there is a tie to the end times. China is part of it because it does speak of that in the Bible, doesn't it? Oh, yes. I, you know, I, I think it's, you know, as I point out, you know, talking about you know, the Magi and Matthew 2, were they from Iran or from China? Yeah. You know, it, I talk about in Daniel, uh, the time of the end. Are we talking about Chinese or are we talking about uh, Romans? Uh, arguably, I would say it's you know, it could be China. And, of course, there are references in the Old Testament to the land of Sinem. And Sinem has been interpreted as basically Asia. Um, the, the Kind of the thing that's most intriguing, of course, I think, is in Revelation 9, 14 to 16. It talks about a 200,000-man uh, army. Now, that's 200 million people. Yes. And, you know, uh, uh, there, are, there are various interpretations, some of which, uh, and, and they all could be correct. I, you know, I don't think we'll know until the end. Uh, some say it's all 200 million demons could be or it could be cyborgs and drones and you know super soldiers now what i did discover mark is interesting is that when you go back in the chinese communist history into the 50s mao zedong raised up a militia that approached the size of 200 million under arms across china and so i was yeah, it was in 1958. I was flabbergasted by that. And I document, of course, that uh, in Kings of the East. And, and so I, I conclude that, one, I can't dismiss you know, what it says in Revelation 9, that, yeah, it 
could easily be 200 million people because we've seen it in the history of China, and it could be from China. But it also could be the harnessing of technology. Uh, it could be the, the alliance of Satan's army of demons with cyborgs, with drones, with super soldiers, and with some of the communist militia, the Red Guards of sorts, of the Cultural Revolution of 1966 to 76. It could be a combination there. What is clear is that the Chinese communists are dead set on taking over the world. They have a large population. They have nationalism, which seeds the young people to do the things they want. Uh, and I don't just outright reject the interpretation that China could be the ones that cross the dried-up Euphrates and march on Armageddon with this massive army. You know, it's probably going to be aligned with the, the Russians of the world. You know, clearly they already have the Iranians in their back pocket. Uh, arguably they're getting cozy with the Turks and others throughout that region of the world. So, um, you know, it, it's hard to look at prophecy and with a, with a focused, clear understanding. We don't. But we certainly see indicators, and some of those indicators today are, are pretty persuasive as far as I'm concerned. You know, there's always been the talk, and of course there should be, about the origination of COVID. Was it intentional? Yep. Was it not? You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that point uh, to China on all, on all fronts. At the back of the book, you've got an afterword there, and you talk about that you don't claim to be a prophet, but this volume, you say, warns the free world about the real threat posted by communist China, which isn't that different from the possible consequences from the prophecy delivered by the prophet Jeremiah to the Israelites 2,600 years ago to prepare that nation for a dramatic fall. So what do we do? Yeah. Well, Jeremiah in chapter 29 through 31 talks about uh, a letter from God that you know, he delivered to uh, the Israelites in exile in Babylon, as well as those that were left behind, the remnant in Judah. And he basically says, you're going to be punished. Uh, so you need to recognize that punishment is coming. But as we go through chapter 30 and 31, we know that God has a long-term plan. So it's important for people today to recognize, one, yes, God does have a long-term plan for, you know, especially the believers. However, uh, that doesn't mean that what we're seeing played out with China uh, isn't not only sobering, but is a real possibility, given the things that are the way in which we look at this darkened world, and because we don't see a lot of the spiritual things that are going on all about us. So it, it's, a, it's a tough time uh, that we face ahead. And I don't I don't think it's impossible for the United States to implode, to fall, uh, because of, you know, not only do we have rancid leadership in Washington, uh, but we have very hegemonic and ambitious leadership in world governments that are authoritarian and care less about our civil liberties, much less our faith in God. So we need to recognize where we are today. And I think Kings of the East uh, provides a... Uh, a primer uh, for people that don't understand China, that want to understand what they're doing, and how, you know, that fits into, I think, God's long-term plan. Well, and in the book, you kind of, like you said, start out with, you provide an overview of 
of the China's history. And then, you know, through this, you, you know, you also mentioned these nine moves uh, or identify that Beijing used to reset the world economically. Uh, and then you take us all the way to the end where you're going to talk about uh, suggestions, evidence that the China is likely a prophetic end times player. So what you're saying is when we hear the word China, we better pay attention. They're the topic and you know, the above the fold on most newspapers, I would say, you know, most days in the coming you know, decades ahead. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, Robert, tell us about how people can find out more of Kings of the East, uh, China's plan to eliminate America and impose a communist world order, and then the other books you've written as well, because you've really done some excellent work out there to really kind of open people's eyes uh, by your background to what's going on in the world around us. Yeah, well, you know, Kings of the East, of course, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any place you find books. Uh, last year, I did um, Give Me Liberty, Not Marxism, which is really eye-opening about how the communist revolution in this country, the cultural revolution we're experiencing firsthand, got started. And then the roots are all in there. I explained that. I wrote the book, The Deeper State, about what's going on in the administrative state uh, in Washington. I told you earlier that you know, President Trump sent me a personal letter thanking me for that book. Progressive Evil, I've written about... Uh, you know, and of course, future you know, war, uh, collision course about the, the moral, you know, situation we are in this country and where we started off is far from where we are today. And then, of course, Alliance of Evil, which is about the new Cold War that we're, we're facing today, not only in Ukraine, but across the world. So I've got a, another book coming out this summer. And uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about that, but it will be equally as provocative. Well, I hope that we can uh, sit down and talk to you about that one as well. Okay, sounds great, Mark. All right, well, thank you for being with us today here on Crosspoint. Thank you. Good informative interview today about Kings of the East. Uh, What's going on with the country of China, how that plays into the end times. The colonel there today helped us understand that and also uh, how the Bible's tied to all of this as we talk about the end times. The Holy Bible, the one I hold in my hand right now, it contains all the directives you need to walk through life, uh, lead you to the road to eternal life, to know Jesus Christ. It's the inspired words of God, um, and it's never outdated. It's because the Bible contains the most important words you're ever going to read and certainly ever follow. Be sure and join us again next time as we again discuss issues that are affecting the church. Have a great week. Allow God to use you for His purposes so that greater things can be done. Make your life count in God's plans for eternity. I'm Mark Taylor. Crosspoint is a program produced in Studio 101 at KNAO Radio. Not all of the views on Crosspoint reflect those of the management or staff of KNEO. You may contact the Crosspoint program at 10827 Highway 86 East, the Osho, Missouri, 64850, or by email crosspoint at kneo.org. You can hear Crosspoint four times a week, Saturday morning at 1, Saturday afternoon at 2, Saturday evening at 9, and Sunday evening at 7. You can also listen anytime. Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri is proud to be sponsoring this portion of broadcasting on KNEO. Owned by Judy and Danny Harper, Harper's Kennel of Stella, Missouri specializes in French Bulldogs. For more information, the phone number is 417-628-3083.